Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You are now tuned to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV. Even on the radio. Pop up at our blog spot. And on my way go. We invaded airwaves. Cool. Everything airwaves. Why the haters mad? Ain't no stopping us. Ain't no topping us. They be watching us. We so prosperous. Ain't no stopping us. Ain't no topping us. They be watching us. We so prosperous. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better come. Indeed, indeed. Tell a friend to tell a friend that we're live on the airwaves of MaximumFM.ca. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. Uh, cool cats and cool kittens. I have a very, very live show tonight. I got my man, Drew Ebanks of On Point Basketball in studio. We'll be t- chopping it up in the next 15 minutes or so. We're talking about hoops, hoops, and more hoops and all that good stuff. But before we get to all of that, man... Y'all already know, man, I got some stuff to get off my chest, and it's got to be said right now, so I think it's time we let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe. Indeed, indeed. So this past week, actually, and it's funny because I didn't realize it until my social media feed was all, like, flooded with it, but the BT Hip Hop Awards was on this week, and uh, so everyone knows that's been on for about 11 years now. I think it's the 11th edition of it, and we all, wa- and like for the most part, we all watch performances to see who won which award, who won the Lifetime Achievement Award, all that good stuff. But of course, I think a favorite staple of everyone's within the show is the BET Cyphers, all right? And that, is, that was no exception this year. I mean, in past years, like, you've had Cyphers that included just clicks. So you had the Good Music Cypher. You had the Shady Slaughterhouse Cypher, all these different Cyphers, basically. Like, there were some classic ones in the back. But I think the Cypher from this year that involved Eminem, I'm not going to call it an instant classic, but it may be up there as far as the most memorable because of what he was saying and who he was saying it to. And I'm talking about Donald Trump. So basically, Eminem spent about four, four and a half minutes uh, just spitting acapella about Donald Trump and how bad of a president that he is. And also kind of drew a line in the sand, basically, as far as if you're a fan of mine and you support Donald Trump, then you're going to have to choose. Is it going to be my music or is it going to be Donald Trump? And if you do support Donald Trump, then F you, basically, is what he said. So a lot of people started talking about it. Like I said before, it invaded my timeline. Um, And... While some people were celebratory of Eminem for speaking up in regards to, you know, Colin Kaepernick or kneeling for the flag or anything of the sort, there were some detractors. And I'm not talking about, you know, the typical right wing Republicans or alt rights movement or whatever, talking about how this guy should be investigated or he's being disrespectful or whatever. I'm actually talking about certain people of color who view Eminem and say, oh, well, he's not the right one to say it. But then I got confused because this entire time, whenever, let's just say the NFL, for example, we're talking about players kneeling and what have you. So many people have been asking, hey, how come the white players aren't kneeling? Do they not stand uh, for what Ka- uh, Kaepernick believes in and what a lot of other black players believe in as well as far as freedom and rights and what have you? But then you have a guy like Eminem who is – one of the biggest rappers ever in history from an underground standpoint and from a mainstream standpoint, who's also a white rapper, who is actually using his white privilege to his advantage by speaking up with the black community. Not for the black community, but with the black community. So he's standing in solidarity. He's not saying, hey, I'm the leader of this ship. He's saying, hey, I'm going to speak with you guys on what you guys have been saying. That's basically what he's what he did in that freestyle. But then some people of color, some black people, let's be honest, We're nitpicking and saying, oh, well, he should have done it this way, or I've heard better from him, or it should have been someone else, or he only did it because he's white. If it were Kendrick Lamar or somebody else, then nobody would hear it. This is where we get into semantics, okay? You can't ask for one thing and then get it and then pick apart why you don't like it. You got what you were looking for. Why are you still speaking against it? This is what you've been asking for for the longest time. Someone who is white who has a high stature and a very large mantle to actually use his privilege for the greater good. He did that, but then now there's a problem. Listen, guys, listen, like for the black people who, who do 
appreciate what Eminem did, I'm not targeting this towards you. You guys already know. Like, we're, like you guys already know. You don't even need to be hearing this right now, but you can if you want, and I appreciate that. But for the black people who don't support what Eminem did, what more do you want? You keep saying people outside our community need to feel empathy towards us. We have plenty of people who do this. And then you also have people saying, oh, well, Eminem probably has a new album coming out, so that's why he did this. It's all publicity stunt. It could be partially publicity, sure, but let's keep in mind that this isn't the first time that Eminem has been political. It isn't the first time that Eminem has stood in solidarity with other black people and other people of color in regards to inequalities. I mean, his song White America basically dissected white privilege from when white artists used to steal black music up until today. He's been talking about this. He talked about this in the song Mosh, where he was talking about how you need to vote for the right people to lead office. That was basically his campaign trail for, I think it was John Kerry back in 2004 when he was running against George Bush for president during uh, Bush's second term. So he's been talking about this. He talked, even talked about this in um, the song Without Me, the, the one that was on the Eminem show. There's even a section in his third verse where he's talking about how some white artists have used black music to appropriate the culture and how he's not about that. Like, he made fun of Elvis in the video for doing that. So, again, this isn't the first time that Eminem has taken a political stance, a sociopolitical stance at that. This isn't somebody who is using the culture for his own benefit and then is just dipping. Eminem's been rapping for 20 years. I think people seem to forget that. He's been active in the game since 1996 and hasn't stopped since. Whereas somebody like, oh, I don't know, let's say Miley Cyrus you know, decided to be twerk queen of America and then discarded the music earlier this year because hip-hop was a bad influence on her life. You should be mad at her, if anything, for being a cultural appropriator in that regard. You should get mad at somebody like, I wouldn't say this fully because we haven't seen what she's going to do yet, but maybe somebody like Taylor Swift, who just kind of recently jumped on the hip-hop bandwagon about two or three years ago and has been using a lot of hip-hop imagery within her videos and even within her songs because she's now a full-out pop star. Again, that one is a little iffy. We have to wait to see what she continues to do with that if she does, in fact. But someone like Eminem does not deserve the title of a cultural appropriator because at the end of the day, he has done nothing but uplift the hip-hop community. He's been doing that since 1996, and he hasn't stopped. I mean, if it weren't a hit for him, you can make the case that battle rapping wouldn't be as popular as it is today. Now, mind you, you had Freestyle Fridays with AJ and Free on 106 and Park. That was very popular as well. And then you have the early emergence of the Smack DVDs that came out in 2003. But Eminem put that on the mainstream level when he put out 8 Mile. Like, that is a fact. Like, no one can ever deny that. So he's done a lot for the hip-hop community. I think he was the first artist in hip-hop ever to have a Oscar-nominated hip-hop record. Before him, that hadn't happened before. He, I don't think he won that year, though, because I think he was just nominated, but I don't think he'd win that song. I think it was 36 Mafia who was actually the first one to actually win the award when they did it for, um, what was it called? Uh, something Hustle. Um, hustle and Flow. There we go. Yeah. So, anyways, just to bring it all back, once you finally, and let's not call him a white savior because I don't think he, it, it derives from the white savior complex. This is somebody who loves and cares deeply for the culture. This guy could have dipped away a long time ago from Dr. Dre and did something else because he blew up in rap like nobody else has done it at that time at the very least. But he stuck with it. Even when he put out rap albums that weren't that good, he still had it in his heart to continue the genre. So I feel like people need to keep that in mind. I feel like the people who are calling him a culture appropriator of sorts haven't listened to his music extensively. They may have heard a song, a single here and there, where he's just poking fun at like Britney Spears or Fred Durst or whatever. But once you actually listen to his disc discography and figure out what his music is all about, you know, take away all like the metaphors about him not liking his mom and what have you plus we've heard worse in hip-hop songs before and if i can quote tupac he once said my fofo make sure all your kids don't grow then i'm sure you can understand where eminem is coming from like he's a troubled soul but at the end of the day even despite his whiteness he still loves his culture and he proved that in that freestyle and he's proven that on many occasions before so i think people really need to settle down with all these accusations of cultural appropriation it's easy to throw that that term at a white rapper when it's most convenient for people but people don't know when that term actually has validity to it so i think people need to keep that in mind do you guys agree with me do you guys disagree with me Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio uh, and let me know your thoughts on 
whether or not you feel like he's cultural appropriating or actually standing by, side by side with the culture when he did that freestyle. Coming up after commercial break, man, I got my man Drew Ebanks, the CEO of On Point Basketball. We're going to be talking about hoops and a whole bunch of other things in between. But we got to get to some music, man. So I figured since we're kind of on this conscious moment, let's get to some uh, Jay-Z, shall we, of the 444 variety with the story of OJ. This is Cool Radio. Yo. Uh, yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. Now, as promised, we do have our guest for the evening. This man is no stranger to Cool Radio. However, this is the first time he's been in the Maximum FM digs. Uh, nonetheless, this man is a very, very knowledgeable man when it comes to basketball, hip-hop, and pop culture as well. He has worked with so many great artists within the city and has also worked with so many promising young athletes in the city who have come up and played in the NBA. Names like Corey Joseph, names like Tristan Thompson, Thon Maker, you name it. He's interviewed them all and any type of basketball event in general whether it's nba whether it's uh g league whether it's a peewee league you will see my man at those events because that is how much he loves basketball and how much basketball is integral into this country whether some entities will tell you that it is or that it isn't <laughs> ladies and gentlemen i'm talking about my man drew ebank ceo of on point basketball thanks Thanks for having me, D. Appreciate of course. it, man. It's uh, good to see you again. It's yeah. been a while. It's been a minute, man. It's been a minute. I know we've all been busy, you know, just handling, you know, the uh, the regular day jobs and what have you. But at the same time, we got to keep the hustle going, man. But thank you for coming in that regard. <laughs> I was supposed to be a while back and uh, got into an accident right. a few months ago and uh, on my way pretty much to go, to come down here and uh, – mm-hmm. You know, we had to reschedule it, but I'm mm-hmm. glad to be able to, to be here now. Absolutely, man. We're just glad you're okay, man. I always tell I always tell all my guests, man, health comes first, man. Just get everything sorted out and then we'll schedule, man. We got time. My same little little pocket rocket out there yeah. got, got hit, but you know, they actually fixed the car, which was incredible. You know, an older I'm just driving a little old beater right now. Yeah, you yeah. think they, the insurance would have said, ah, forget that. Yeah. Let's write it off. They actually fixed it. Uh, it's a little tank, you know, so it, it gets me where I'm going right now. So, hey man, it's a little engine that could, man. <laughs> You're a businessman these days. You got to make things happen. You know, you got to yeah. make ends meet. You can't be all extravagant when you're on your way Absolutely. to doing what you need to do. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more, man. Let's get into this, man. So, uh, like you said, man, it's been, it's been a while since we, uh, we've uh, seen each other like on the Cool Radio platform. Uh, so, what's the On Point brand been up to uh, in the last little while? It's been crazy busy. Uh, just continuing to grow the brand, get the name out, uh, get the word out about what we're doing basketball-wise. Um, what haven't we been doing? I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we're trying to get our content picked up, uh, you know, pick that up a little bit on the video side. Mm-hmm. We've been doing our written content on the website side. That's been going fantastic. Right. Um, and just, again, trying to create awareness for Canadian basketball. This summer, we actually started our own Pro-Am, Summer Pro-Am at the Pan Am Center. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Team on point. We had a team in there. We won the championship. So it was even doubly, uh, you know, good for us. But it was fantastic just to have uh, a lot of the pro guys playing from overseas mm-hmm. and a lot of the amateur players, too, mm-hmm. um, you know, that play here in Canada, play in the States, come back. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a six-team league, uh, much success. We ran it um, in uh, in uh, July and August. Mm-hmm. And hopefully next summer, uh, we're looking to get a, a apparel and clothing deal and shoe deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll hopefully one of the companies come on board and, and also hopefully NBA and uh, NCAA sanctioning so we can fill the 1,800 uh, seat uh, mm-hmm. area where they have the basketball games there. I want to shout out Ryan Xavier, my partner in crime in uh, mm-hmm. in that whole venture. And next summer, it's going to be huge. We wanna, Hopefully, we'll, we'll see you there, man. Maybe oh. you guys do a live broadcast from oh, the of program course. one night. You man. already know I'm going to be there, man. Ball is life for me, man. I'm, I'm, I'm everywhere ever ball happens, man. <laughs> exactly. But, but let's talk about the program leagues, actually, because that's one of the questions I wanted to follow up with. So I feel like over like the last two or three years maybe, I've seen more of an emergence with all these program leagues that happen in the summer. Like like you have Drew League or Dickman League. Um, you have Crown Crown League that happens mm-hmm. in Toronto. Yeah, Same sure. thing with OVO Bounce. Um, what, what do you accredit to like the resurgence of summer league ball, basically? Well, years ago, the players, when they played overseas, all our players, mm-hmm. they either stayed where they were yeah. during the summer 
or they went back to their American, whatever their alumni school they went to. They would go yeah. back to Oklahoma or Syracuse or whatever right. and play with them. And now, um, because of the Pro-Am Leagues, the first Pro-Am uh, was the Made Pro-Am. Mm -hmm. That was a few years ago. I was a part of that at the beginning. That kind of morphed into the Crown, uh, the Crown League, which put on by Nike. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, obviously, there was the GTA Pro-Am that was out in the West End, Mississauga side. <laughs> that was on for a couple of years. I've supported all these leagues. Mm -hmm. Oh, we got the train coming through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've supported all these leagues. We're real, folks. This is real right here. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And then I decided to start my own because there was a, an abundance of players that – couldn't get into some of those leagues so i was like you know what there's obviously a demand players don't have enough spots right so let's start it but i think again it's more because these leagues have started now the guys know they can come back during the summer yeah and really continue to play at a high level i mean the the play that you saw i mean in the crown league was incredible mm -hmm. uh made took that one uh, a great season. Uh, guys like Kelly Olynyk, you know, mm -hmm. participating. That game winner um, was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> Dwight Powell. I mean, you name it. A lot mm -hmm. of people. That game winner was insane. It went. Yeah. It went viral. Mm -hmm. um, and and you know, we had guys in our pro am like <laughs> Deshaun Pierre and and uh, guys that are playing over in Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, you know. Um, unfortunately, guys like Daniel Mullings took a little break off, but yeah. he's a guy that's played in the pro-ams uh, as well. So it's just a proliferation of basketball in every single aspect. Right, right. Now let's talk about the Canadian ballers for a second. Um, I've noticed over the last few years, like let's say like 2011 is when I started noticing, a lot of our Canadian players have been within the lottery. So like you've had guys like Tristan Thompson go number four overall in 2011. You had Anthony Bettick go number one in 2013, I believe it was. Yeah, Andrew Wick Wiggins followed that up uh, at number one at, in 2014. And Andrew uh, just got 150K. He got paid. Yeah. He got paid. 150K. Keep getting them checks, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's crazy. I think can't he, even imagine that kind of loop. He needs to transfer that currency into, into that, into that that's pr US prime minister dollars, print. It right? is. It is. It's over 200. Oh, man. Like. He, he's, he's, he's good. He's good. <laughs> but, yeah, we've seen him. We've seen guys like Dwight Powell uh, in the lottery. We, we've seen guys like... Um, like Jamal Murray in the lottery, yeah. what have you. However, I noticed last year that there weren't too many, uh, too many of our guys in the lottery. Maybe in like the lower, in like the lower half of the draft, basically. Do you feel as though a lot of the Canadians that we do have, like whether they're in prep school or or they're in a uni or doing like a year or so in Europe, do you think they're just kind of biding their time until like the next draft comes along to see what their stock is like? Well, I mean, we got talent coming out the yin yang here in Canada. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this summer, I don't, uh, you know, if people weren't aware. For the first time, we have a world champion in terms mm -hmm. of basketball. Um, you know, the under-19 men, they took that world championship, beat the States. Uh, and the guy that was integral in that mm -hmm. was R.J. Barrett. And yes. he's the next possible and more, most likely number one draft pick in 2019. Mm -hmm. He was a the leader there. Uh, Lindell Wigington. Um, you know, they're, they're Andrew Nemard. I mean, that's one of the top point guards. He just committed to Florida. Mm -hmm. uh, RJ's going to announce where he goes mm -hmm. on November 10th. Uh, that's going to happen in downtown uh, Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, no, they're they're here. It's Sometimes you have that gap between years. Um, you know, I, I mean, obviously, guys like Ken Birch right now, he, he <laughs> was draft eligible a few years ago. Right. He's with uh, the Orlando Magic Um Nas Long right now, he's with the Utah Jazz. Right. Um, so you can go down the line. We had Andy Routens uh, and, and also um, who, who else now? Uh, oh, my God. So many names. I can't even remember. Yeah, like you said, Kyle, there's so many. Kyle Wiltger okay. uh, from Gonzaga. Yeah. They were both with the Raptors. Unfortunately, got let go. But mm -hmm. you might see some of these guys uh, in the D League, uh, in the G League, it's yeah, called yeah. now. now. <laughs> Gatorade's a part of that. So. Mm -hmm. Canadians have, are in training camps right now. It's a little bit of lull in terms of the, the, the first-round picks, but you'll see them uh, in the next year or two. You're yeah. going to see them again. You know, RJ is going to be right there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when that happens, it's going to be great to see. As for Andrew Nemard, he might take another couple years. He's, he's a point guard, but mm -hmm. in my opinion, he's the best passer 
possibly. I mean, now I got to look at Teodosic yeah. of, uh, of uh, Clippers. Of, yeah, he, I he's mean, been throwing some bullet passes lately. My I've been goodness, because I would say Andrew's the best passer in, in North America right now. Yeah. But he's right up there. Teodosic is just crazy. But Andrew in the high school ranks, I think mm-hmm. he's the one of the best passers uh, out there, and he loves that part of his game. And his younger brother Ryan uh-huh. as well is coming up. So. So much talent. A few years from now, Elijah Fisher. Yeah. He's the phenom at like uh, 13 or whatever he is, dunking mm-hmm. already. Uh, and I got to shout out the, the young ladies, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Cheyenne Day Wilson, uh, Latasha Lattimore, and you have Haley Brown. Mm-hmm. She's over at Michigan. I mean, I could go, you know, I you could go, go through days. the list. Yeah. I mean, even the ladies. You still ladies got Kia Nurse on, on her come Kia up as Nurse, well. how could I forget? She'll be here. Make sure you're there December. December, She'll be in okay. Toronto, a homecoming game. Uh, shout out Kia. We're going to hopefully have her on our podcast as well mm-hmm. um but yeah no the women's game we push it we love it we love to see it um you know natalie achonwa mm-hmm. um for it plays in indiana plays in the WNBA. Mm-hmm. kayla uh, kayla uh Anis, kayla alexander mm-hmm. um i just saw her the other day uh from a great basketball family she's playing for the san antonio team in the WNBA. Right. And we had like two years ago i think there was four or five Canadian girls uh, and ladies that got drafted, uh, including Naira Fields, mm-hmm. uh, who went to UCLA. So both women and men's side are doing well. The women came in third in the World Championships this year, and the men took the goals. So, mm-hmm. you know, Canada basketball, as the shirt says, yep. Canada basketball knows gold. Yep, absolutely. Could not disagree Ooh. with that at all. <laughs> Love the sound effects, man. We, got- we ain't we ain't on point here. We ain't playing around. <laughs> D. Listen, I love me some Josh, man. I love me some Josh. I like sound effects. I like ambiance. I love all that good stuff, man. Just adds to the whole feel of it. <laughs> yeah, man. Well done. Thank you, thank you. So let, let's keep it going now, man. We're going to still keep these Canadian, but let's keep things on the NBA front now. So the Raptors are probably one of the only teams in the league that had like a higher place in terms of like rankings and, and what have you but that did not make a splash in free agency. We didn't go out and get the Carmelos and the Paul Georges and what have you. Because of that, do you feel like the Raptors have been overlooked in, the, in that regard? Well, I mean, it's it's always a tough sell. No matter what they say, that it's yeah. you know it's not a big difference between guys signing in the states and signing here. There's mm-hmm. still misconceptions, right. you know, taxes. There's differences. Mm-hmm. Simple things such as not having ESPN and things yeah. like that, you know, are a factor. Mm-hmm. So no, they didn't. They didn't really make a splash. You know, obviously came back with Lowry. Uh, Demar is here. Uh, Ibaka, you know, resigned for a very relatively good deal. I think he's a key. I yeah. mean, he's a guy who. Really needs to step up. I think he needs to play a little bit tougher. He needs to get mm-hmm. to the basket a little more, mix it up, and not just settle for outside yeah. shots. Yeah. But as of what they have right now, they're going to be a young team. I mean, there's the, the the guys coming off the bench. Yeah, it's like 25 and under, basically. Oh, my goodness. Powell just got his deal, yep, so yep. he's one that people love. I think he was one of the draft steals when he came oh, out. Oh, yeah, for sure. Credible player. Um, you know, obviously you got guys like Pirtle, Siakam, mm-hmm. uh, Van Vliet, who I had a, these guys I had a chance to watch because we covered the 905 last season when yeah. he won the championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the, as then it was called the D-League. Mm-hmm. We have great young talent coming up. Yeah, OG's already on the floor. OJ's on the floor. No, they didn't think that was going to happen. That was a pretty good pickup. Yeah, I was by shocked. Masai. Yeah, because I think like what the scouting report was saying, had he not been injured, he would have been like a lottery pick, basically. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think Masai kind of viewed him as like a diamond in the rough, possibly because of that. So we'll see how that go- that goes with the Raptors as well. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. I mean, obviously, uh, people are kind of down on Bruno right now. He had a tough summer. I love the guy. Great, great guy. He had a tough summer. He had a little incident with Team Brazil. Mm Kind of got tossed there. Didn't want to come back in the game. Right. It's just a sign of maturity. And I'm sure it's some frustration on his part because... You know, he obviously they had him projected to do something around now. Mm-hmm. It's taking a little, little longer. But I'll tell you, that uh, championship game, the final game of the G League series last yeah. year, he really stepped up right from the beginning, not only on offense but on defense. He was zoned in. Okay. And I, and I think he was a major factor. You just want to see him simplify the game, yeah. do little things, play defense, yeah. hustle. Don't try to do too much at the NBA level. Pick a few things and do them well. Eventually, you'll get to the point where you can show what you can do offensively. Right, right. I think for him, it's don't rush the process, so to speak, as opposed to trust Trust the process. process. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. And speaking of that, 
Joel Embiid. Oh wow, steal! I mean, steal. My he, man he has took played that money 30 games. I think. Hey, all power to him. Yeah, it's easiest the TV paycheck money's ever. There. I think there's a clause in there. I don't, I don't know exactly. Yeah, depending on I guess. Yeah, depending how on how many games he has injured, mm-hmm. some of that money's guaranteed. I think maybe like fifty percent or something okay, like that. So yeah. At least they've covered themselves. But my goodness, I mean, the dude. Uh, I got a chance to see him up close at the at the Hoop Summit some years ago, and yeah. uh, I tell you, his talent is incredible. Um, very very talented player. Mm-hmm. Uh, we I wanted I wanted him to get back. I want him to be playing. Because not only does he have great skills on the court, but yeah. his charisma. I love his charisma. He always has something going on. Whether I love his charisma. I don't know. He's DMing like yeah. hot chicks yeah. or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, you know, he just, he brings it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He brings, he brings that entertainment factor. Yeah, you love that. To me, he's he's like the, mo- the most charismatic big man I've seen since Shaq back in his Orlando days. Like, I haven't seen that much charisma steaming from a big man since him. Yeah. So it's very refreshing to see. Who other, what other big man? I mean, Dwight Howard isn't like that. He's more yeah, to date. He, he used to be like that, yeah, actually. He, I, I just, he used to have a little it. fun. Yeah, back when he was in Orlando. Like, back when he was having the good years at the that time. criticism kind of, yeah. sullied his, his Oh, his yeah. It, it jaded it, him a bit. It did. It did, definitely. Because, it's, it's you know what? He got ragged on mm-hmm. because he was smiling a lot. Yeah. So I think that changed his attitude because everybody was like, oh, this guy's not serious. This cat ain't serious. He's always smiling. Yeah. And he was just like... Well, I'm having fun. Yeah, but. that's his personality, which I which I really hate. And I feel like it stems to, like, you know, maybe like a stereotype towards black men in particular. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm looking at it from that mm-hmm. perspective, whereas, like, black men are supposed to be hard and rigid and we're supposed to be, like, sports overly guys masculine. Are supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, black, white, whatever. Whenever you're a sports guy, you're not supposed to be smiling and having yeah, fun, right? exactly. But maybe because he's even a bigger dude yeah. that they, re- you know, even more emphasize right. that part of it. But I guess because he wasn't winning titles or whatever, that's what people held against because Shaq smiled a lot, but he won titles. Right. Magic smiled a lot, but he won titles. So it's because he didn't have that hardware with him. It's like, whoa, you should be more serious. It's just like he's a player, but he's human first. You know what I mean? So it's like I know he does some stupid stuff, but like give and take. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's always give and take. Um, you got to forgive guys. I mean, I, I'm hearing like the stories out of Atlanta, like the players were – Happy, you know, when he, yeah, you know, when got he left. moved and when yeah. he left. So I mean, it's, it's I don't know. You never, people are never satisfied. I think big men, I having played point guard, yeah. they always get the short end of the stick. They really, they do, never yeah. get the rock when they really want it. Yeah, and then they're supposed to make the big block or make the big get the rebound. Yeah, and if they don't, then you know that's all their fault. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Exactly. Well, let's say we're going to do some rapid fire right now. So you already know how this thing goes, man. We got some games and what have you to play. So the first one we got is called Cool or Uncool, and it goes a little something like this. So you being, you know, an old school hip hop fan, I already know what you know what this record is called. So I don't even need to remind you on Diggable that. Planets, you, I'm trying to think. Come on, you know come it. Come on now. Hold on now. Think of the name of my show and it'll come back to you. Yeah, something cool. Oh my gosh. I know the track. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool like that, bro. Cool, cool like that. that. Yeah. yeah. Simply enough. Yeah. yeah, I should know that. That's in my sphere right there. There you go. The old school, the 90s stuff. Yeah, That's man. Like. Yeah, man. I was a big fan of this the record. Wu-Tangs. Uh-huh. You know, those kind of commons me. back in the day. Trust you me. You know? Brought it back to those days. Yeah. Well, let's get things started, man. Cool I'm going like to give that. you I'm going to give you uh, a few scenarios. You're going to tell me whether they're cool or uncool, all right? So, uh, actually, we were kind of talking about this uh, off camera. Um, new NBA All Star format, cool or uncool? Cool. Cool. Okay. Change it up a bit, man. It's right. been a little stale. Right. Guys weren't playing as we talked about. You know, they're not putting the effort. Yeah. I like it. I think it's going to be interesting to see who picks who. Yeah. Whoever the captains are, are they picking? Like, I think Steph said he's picking all players from his squad. Yeah, most likely. If he's the captain or whatever. I don't know how they're going to pick that. But yeah. I guess votes, right? The top vote getters will be the captains. Exactly. So, so he has to get the top votes if that's the case. Yeah. So what? Maybe LeBron and, and well, yeah, LeBron and, yeah, and Le- Steph are going to be the Yeah, or maybe LeBron. Ron and Westbrook, you never know. Yeah, yeah, you never know. Could be the popularity contest. But try it and see what happens. Exactly. I think, what, hockey did it a few years ago. Yeah. Um, baseball, I think, has done it as well. So mm-hmm. NBA, we're not reinventing the wheel here. Exactly. Try something new. Yes, sir. Um, new deal with Nike. Cool or uncool? Absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I first had knowledge of it. It was fantastic. It's, I mean, Nike's Nike. You know, yeah. no matter what you say, uh, we work a lot with with the shoe companies. We work with you know Under Armour. We work with Nike. Right. Um, and you know they're both doing some amazing things. 
but Nike's just on another level. Right. We actually had an amazing experience uh, last week. Uh, I do a thing called Hoop Club. I'm part of the collective. Yes. Uh, it's more of guys who have a lot of social media following, but not even so much as just doing their own thing, but have a connection or a love for basketball. Yeah. Shouts uh, to Dwayne Watson, by the way. Shout out to Sweets and shout out to Akil who put it together. Mm-hmm. So we actually, you probably saw it on our gram page and our stories. We had a chance to try out the new unis. I saw that. I was, I, was, I, was, I was respectfully jealous, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, I know the amount of people that hit me up. We had a chance. We got them personalized. I got my nickname Spud on the back. Yeah. Um, just were able to play in them and just to put them on and feel them. I'm telling you, D, they're cool. They're cool. Really? They're light. Really? And literally, they're cool because yeah, they got it all away the perforation. The yeah. The way they built the back. It's yeah, like so I noticed much. that as well. I was like, is that an error or is it like some sort of design yeah, to that? Yeah, it's apparently for the shoulders. Uh-huh. And then they got that connect thing, which is NBA Connect on the Oh, jersey. yeah, yeah, where you, you put the phone, the phone on there. Phone yeah. On the label. Yeah. And you can get highlights and you can get clips of your favorite player. Yeah. It's, I mean, they just put on an incredible show. Yeah. Man. It, what can you say? They got the swoosh up there right up yeah. top. I think that was the first time. I, I just love that, man. I haven't seen that since, like, early 2000s, man. It's just like, I, to me, Nike is synonymous with basketball, man. Like, you grew up with, like, all the biggest stars in the NBA sponsoring, being sponsored by Nike, especially that Nike freestyle commercial. I mean, that's what it did for me as a young fan of basketball growing up. So to see Nike, the swoosh on there, it, it just sold it to me. Like, it, no disrespect to Adidas or anyone else, but, like, with Nike, it just feels like home. You know what I mean? What do you think, oh, to, to flip one back at you, Sure. what do you think about the uh, advertising on the jerseys now? I mean, Raptors have it. I think yeah. the Milwaukee Bucks have Harley. I mm-hmm. think Raptors have Sun Life, I believe. Sun Life, yeah. Uh, For now, I think it's cool because it's not overblown like NASCAR or like the KHL where they have like logos all over the place. I think as long as they do it very subtly, just like on the little corner over here, I'm I'm cool with that. But if it's like all over like the Europe, shirt, <laughs> yeah, like with like with like Manchester, it's like yeah. Chevrolet. Even though Chevy is like an American brand, like I don't understand that. It's just like, if they start doing that, I'm gonna get mad. Can you imagine how much they're paying to put that on there? Oh man, and you, oh my goodness, and it's pounds too, man. So you know it, it's it's major money they're Big working dollars. with. Big yeah, dollars. Big dollars. Big dollars. Nonetheless, man, we're going to go to a commercial break. We still got some more to discuss. I still got my man Drew E. Banks in the, in the studio right now. But we're going to get some Canadian content. And this one comes by way of my man, Elsie the Artist. And it's called Power Up. And it's only on Cool Radio. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, yo. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. And I still got my man, Drew E. Banks, in the building. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. I'm here. I ain't going nowhere right now. We're talking hoops. We, we listen to some great music. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, of course. Thanks you for, thank you for coming, man. And before we get on to our next topic, you actually have a DVD uh, that you that you produced uh, some time ago. Why don't you tell the people about that? Yeah, it's called Hang Time, 50 Years of Toronto Basketball History. Uh, Toronto's Hoop Legends and Tomorrow's Stars. It's produced, executive produced by Dana McKeel. Produced by Lance Wintu, good friends of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic production. Uh, we did it downtown um, at one of the auditoriums a couple of years ago, and uh, <laughs> basically went over the history of uh, basketball for in Toronto for the last 50 years. Mm-hmm. You got interviews on there, guys like Norm Clark, mm-hmm. uh, guys like Coach Cates, Leo Routens, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Grange mm-hmm. uh, from sport. Like all these cats played ball. Uh, Paul Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, it talks about the Raptors and how that started and came to be. Right. Uh, there was five plenaries, I believe it was, which is sections, uh, and then within that, there's interviews uh, talking about even shoe culture, yeah. talking about racism okay. back in Toronto and racism in basketball back then, and how tough it was for the for the for the black players. Canada basketball, the issues there that they used to have, right. uh, and it talked about you know will. Guys like Wilt Chamberlain mm-hmm. playing in Toronto. Danny Ainge, the baseball player, was a big-time basketball player. For those of you who don't know, the, the, mm-hmm. the president of the Celtics, right. he used to play for the Blue Jays, and he would come and play pickup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leo's got some great stories. So, yeah, it's a fantastic uh, uh, piece of uh, you know history. It's a two-DVD set. Uh, we're selling it on the On Point website, onpointbasketball.com, but also 
better than that um, is we want to get it into the school board at some point. We think this is a great tool for kids to learn about where basketball is coming from. Mm -hmm. And uh, I brought an extra DVD, so Daniel, you can uh, give it out, uh, you know, however you want to to give it out to your fans, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. some contests. But I think it'll be thoroughly enjoyable. It's three hours, so two DVDs, an hour Mm -hmm. and a half each. Right. Dope. Uh, presentation right there. Yeah. Uh, it's something you definitely want to have. It's kind of like an encyclopedia with the different guys and, and, and ladies that were mm-hmm. in the video as well. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Like, I'm definitely going to look forward to watching that for sure. And I feel like it's a good history lesson for all the young people growing up in Toronto and Canada in general to see what the hoop, what the hoop scene was like in Toronto, basically. So, it's been vibrant. I it, mean, yeah. we've had ballers, you know, guys like, you know, Rocky Llewellyn, mm-hmm. Charles Roshlin, uh, you know, you go down to line joe alexander mm-hmm. um there's so many names there that i kind of knew uh me being an older guy mm-hmm. i kind of knew these guys coming up and knew of them david joseph mm-hmm. you know talks a lot about dj uh he's in it as well so it talks about you know obviously Corey uh coming up devoe his kids and just like this the history of Toronto and and a lot of it is the history of Canadian basketball because yeah. Toronto was the the epicenter of basketball in this country and it 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 still is absolutely uh, for for the most part definitely man I'm looking forward to watching it man uh, but let's get to the next segment that we have on board so this one's called Trip Talk so three topics in three minutes basically going to choose three of the hottest stories that happen within pop culture basically and then you and I are just going to dissect it so let's get to the first story and this one I've been wanting to talk about for a very long time. Uh, we got to talk about Jamil Hill of ESPN. So Jamil Hill uh, has uh, made some eh, controversial statements about, you know, the the president, uh, Donald Trump, also talking Someone about the truth. The truth. Yeah, that I think is the truth. It's definitely the truth. the truth. Absolutely. Based on action. Based on action, yes. Uh, also, she was uh, very critical of, you know, the NFL and, and advertisers and what have you, basically. So generally what she said this time around is she said that you can't call out the players for uh, – Or only the players. Only yeah. the players for, for not kneeling because they're going to be called hypocrites or sellers if that's the case, and that if you have any issues, then take it up with the advertisers. She, she uh, basically clarified that she didn't mean to say to boycott the advertisers, but you have any issues, then take it up with them essentially. But based on some guidelines that ESPN has, uh, she violated some of those guidelines, which led to her suspension. I believe she's going to be suspended for about two weeks. So obviously a lot of people are unhappy about this. I haven't heard too many people uh, speak out against it. But nonetheless, no one should be prosecuted for speaking the truth, basically. And at the end of the day, it's an infringement on her constitutional rights, which is the uh, the right to freedom of speech, essentially. So, uh, Drew, what's your take on that? I mean, it's it's... It's something that's very touchy because obviously, you know, she's working for ESPN. Mm -hmm. They have to watch, you know, their columnists and people that have opinions how far they go. I mean, again, we mentioned, you know, some of what she said earlier uh, when she was reprimanded a little bit Mm -hmm. for saying what she did about the president. And then she went a little step further talking about, well, she was basically engaging fans and they were saying, what could we do? And she was saying, yeah, like you said, don't blame just the players. And Mm -hmm. if you want to, you know, take it at someone, you could, you know, go at the advertisers for the Cowboys if you're Mm -hmm. mad at Jerry Jones. Right. Uh, And that's, and that kind of is what put it over. When Mm -hmm. you start talking about advertisers and boycotting, uh, the NFL right now is reeling. Mm -hmm. You got the, you know, the, uh, the brain injury situation, players, CTE and the players having that issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have ratings going down. You have the domestic (coughs) uh, problems. And that's where um, Jerry Jones, you got to look at the guy and say, wait a minute, you, have let people that are involved in domestic violence that have done other th- criminal acts talk about se, it talk about it and, and 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 then you're not you know you're not going to stand up you two weeks ago you knelt with them and said hey this is about unity but now you're basically saying stay in your place this is what you got to do you know there ain't going to be no more kneeling here you got to stand up or else you're going to get suspended or you know what i mean and it mm-hmm. kind of looks like He's bowing to the president because mm-hmm. of the uh, the actions of the president kind of dividing. Mm-hmm. My thing is, it's very bothersome. Um, I am a guy who believe in judging people by who they are. I don't mm-hmm. care about your color. Right. I've grown up with 
you know, all sorts uh, of, of, of people. Uh, Toronto's the greatest city in the world. Mm-hmm. I grew up with Asians. I grew up with South Asians. I grew yeah. up with black. I grew up with African. I grew up with Filipino. Mm-hmm. I grew up with Chinese. Mm-hmm. I grew up with, you name it, Sri Lankan, everything, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, Caucasians, you know what I mean? I grew mm-hmm. up with every culture, and I love human beings. Mm-hmm. And what's disturbing to me is to see this president... Um, I don't know why he's choosing to take us, take the world. It's not only America. Yeah. Because stuff are happening up here. Why does he choose to take us? People, if he believed in himself in terms of being able to make the economy go and, and doing right by black people, like what he said, and right. he said, what do you have to lose? You know, he wouldn't have to play to that base because mm-hmm. if people saw the, the continuation of the stock market, they saw things were going well. Everybody would have been happy. I just don't understand why he has to go at race like this. And then it bothers me to see there was a a beauty pageant lady who called him out. He didn't say nothing to her. Mm -hmm. Who did he call out? He called out the brother that was on the Economic Council. Mm -hmm. He called out Jamel Hill. Mm -hmm. He called out Steph Curry. Mm -hmm. And and you can go down the line of the people of color he's Mm -hmm. called out. Talk about it. People who are not of color called him out as well, Mm -hmm. and he didn't call them out. I mean, that's that's transparent. We can see through that. That's strictly saying you are trying to muzzle the voices of people of color. And Mm -hmm. right now, that to me... Uh, is very, very hurtful. I was born in the 70s, so I didn't grow up in the civil rights era. Mm-hmm. But when I think of the potential that's going to be wasted in the next few years because people are going back to battling over the color of their skin, mm-hmm. when we could work with each other right. to make sure. And you've seen incidents up here in Canada that have been happening. You know, a, a basketball player out east told me, uh, about a month and a half ago, big guy too. Mm-hmm. Not going to mention his name. Right, right. Said he's already made it public, but yeah. um, said that he got called the N word from got some guys in the car, mm-hmm. uh, and they wouldn't go come up to his face and say it. But this kind of thing yeah. is starting to percolate, and people even in Canada are starting to, to kind of think <coughs> this is okay. Exactly. Don't step to me with that crap. Right. I'll tell. I'll tell you about your business. Yeah, Don't exactly. step to me with that. Of course. Because this country right here, it's not the, it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's because we live in Toronto or Ontario. A lot of people of different cultures get along. I know it's different out west. It's mm-hmm. different up north. Different places. Yeah. Generally speaking, I think Canadians respect per- people, and it, irrespective of your color of your skin, we right. we breathe the same. If scientifically you want to analyze people of different colors, we actually have the same genealogy, mm-hmm. exactly the same genealogy. Mm-hmm. The only difference, and it's a construct of society, is the color of your skin. Exactly. And I, but I think the difference now is the internet age, the uh, social media age. We can call people out. Their, their hypocrisy, yeah. we can call people out. The only problem is being able to do something about it, and it seems like in the States they're not able to do anything about it. But my question again is why? Why does he have to go there? I mean, he, you know, the NFL is, is – is, everybody loves the NFL. Yeah. But, but I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. The last few years of the NFL have really turned me off, and part of that is because of some of the – players that have been allowed to play yeah and then you have the commissioner making these decisions that seem like they're not really uniform they're not equal they're not equal and so it's kind of turned me off i'm an eagles fan that's my team i mean i take a lot of flack for it (laughs) you know we look good knock on wood we're five and one but I've really, honestly, I could say I've been turned off in the NFL, man. And and I don't blame you because there's a lot of hypocrisy that's happening. So, like, you can reward, you know, wife beaters and drug dealers and what have you who have broken so many codes within the NFL. But then one player who has a clean record, you know, off the field chooses to kneel and no one wants to give him a job. Then there's obviously a discrepancy in that regard, basically. And I think that's one of the things that Jamila Hill was pointing out uh, in her post about Jerry Jones, basically. And going to Jerry Jones, it's... You're basically saying so two weeks ago, it was all literally it was all good a week ago where you're kneeling with your players mm-hmm. before the anthem, mind you, but kneeling with your players nonetheless and locking arms in solidarity. But now you're saying that if that action continues, then they're gonna be suspended one game. I would challenge the players, all of the players, all fifty three or fifty four people on that roster, to all kneel. 
just for one game and see what happens. Is Jerry Jones going to suspend the entire team for one game? Is he going to let the other team get a bye uh, in that week of football? Is he going to risk losing money and revenue altogether? Because the Cowboys are a $4.6 billion uh, juggernaut, basically, in the NFL. They're probably the richest team Mm -hmm. in all pro sports. So if the players actually stand together, black, white, Samoan, whatever, stand in unity or kneeling unity, rather, what is he going to do then? That's a challenge that I have for the players. I want to see them do that and see what happens. Hurt him in his pockets if that's the case. Well, I think that some of the players, there's been discrepancy on the meetings that have gone on place with the NFL and the players' union. I think the players are of the nature that they're saying, hey, we need to do this. We can take a short-term loss mm-hmm. in terms of maybe we'll lose some sponsors. Maybe they'll lose some revenue. Some people might not go. But the tie's changing with mm. the, the polls they're taking. And people, it's 50-50, essentially people saying that they should be able to protest. Right. I mean, the thing, another thing that's bothersome is the, the way that the actual meaning or what it stands for, mm-hmm. you know, against police brutality, against the mistreatment of people of color, that hasn't even been discussed. I mean, the, the president hasn't even brought that up to say, you know what, even if he doesn't mean it, at least say something like to pay lip service and just say, you know what, that is a serious issue. Mm-hmm. We have to take a look at it, even if you're not really going to do anything. But he hasn't said yeah. anything, and and people keep diverting it to the anthem, even the people in the military are saying, we don't mind. That's yeah. why we go out and we enlist exactly. and we fight so that you have the opportunity to Thank dissent you. against what's wrong. And can we not just say what's right is right, what's wrong is wrong? Why is it so bad that people just don't want to be murdered when they don't have a tra- a, a, a brake light or their license plate exactly. sticker is off or there's something they, you know, the seatbelt is not. They just don't want to get killed. Yeah. It's not, you know, when they talk about Black Lives Matter, it's not saying black lives are more important. It's saying just can can black lives be equal? Yeah. Can, you, can you leave your house as a kid and everybody's gotten this talk from their parents, whether it's been in Canada or whatever. Mm-hmm. Be good when you're out there. Listen to you know yeah. people of authority, especially police and whatever. Mm-hmm. The, the people just don't want to get murdered. Exactly. It's, it's just as simple as that. But the sad thing in America, at least, is a lot more people will be outraged about a gorilla that gets shot in a zoo before an innocent black person gets killed by the powers that or be. Or pets. Or, or, yeah, you know exactly. I mean? And, and I that's why people love their pets. And that's why I hate but seeing human, pet videos human and beings. YouTube and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, care for your fellow human being. Like, if all lives matter really did matter, then why aren't you standing up with black people who are being killed unceremoniously for no reason at all? And, like, you know, going back to the whole pet thing or a zoo thing or whatever, people are getting mad about, like, an ape being shot in the zoo because it got out of its cage. Yet, shouldn't you be mad at the fact that it was taken out of its natural habitat and placed in a confined area within the first place. And again, it just speaks to America's hypocrisy when it comes to race relations, man. Like you can't have it both ways. Like even the shooting that took place in Las Vegas recently, people are now, you know, starting to say, hey, maybe we should have a reform on gun control. Why wasn't that attitude put in place, you know, before when people were being shot left, right, and center by the powers that be? And, you know, and I kind of, we're kind of going off topic a little bit, but going to the person who actually did the shooting, and this is more more going towards the media, I just hate the fact that they're painting this person as somebody who has mental health issues and what have you. Mental health or not, he committed a mass murder. What if it's a black person or a person of color in general, you shouldn't categorize them as a gangster or as a, a terrorist or, or anything of that sort. Imagine if it was a rap concert. Then it would have gone back to, oh, you see that gangster well, rap music? Well, they said that he was targeting the concert with Lord and, and Chance the Rapper. He had reserved, I think he had reserved the hotel at the, whatever the concert was. I forgot what it's called. It's got a big, is it uh, Lollapalooza or one of them? It's something like that, That yeah. happened in Chicago. Yeah. That's where he had he like was originally one of them where he had originally uh, arranged, okay. apparently, and he checked out others. Right. Um, the thing to me, again, it's common sense rules. It's like have background checks, people with mental illness. Come on. That just, I mean, I, I know you want to sell guns and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, yeah. but certain people should not have access. Exactly. And then there's types of the types of uh, artillery yeah, I or mean, paraphernalia do you need or something those like that. Type, types of, of, uh, of ammunition and also 
do you need those types of guns, those semi-automatics that exactly. basically, I mean, you want to protect yourself, but That's not on. protection. That's yeah. overkill. Like, yeah. you're preparing for a zombie apocalypse that we don't even know about yet. Yeah. And they're even trying to pass a bill in Congress to allow people to put silencers on, on, on yeah, their weapons. One, I hope they don't even try to bring that yeah. up. Yeah. Because you imagine if those people there, it's bad enough, they're just at a concert, and all of a sudden they're getting hit mm-hmm. by bullets. They don't even know if it, they didn't even know at first it's a bullet. Exactly. But they're getting hit, but they hear the sound, they think it's a fire cracker right if you had silencers my goodness the amount of people that would get hit it wouldn't even have a chance to even know that is what hit them. it's it's insane like literally insane uh but yeah we're gonna stray from that topic uh ladies and gentlemen what do you guys think uh going back to jamila hill should she have been suspended going to jerry jones you know should he have taken that stance and basically threatened his players of suspension for not exercising their freedom of rights um, let me know. Hit me up in the comment section. Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. Uh, so I know we're almost a little short on time, so we're going to skip right to the final segment of the show. And that is, of course, the most coveted and favored Wankster of the Week segment. So on that note, <clears throat> who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned at the captain of Coonery this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Wankster of the Week. This week's Wankster of the Week. This week's... Oh, oh, I forgot about this. I'm glad I wrote this down. (laughs) This week's Wankster of the Week, speaking of racism, goes none other to the corporate entity known as Dove Soap. (laughs) Now, Dove is getting the Wankster of the Week because of a questionable... might be Wankster of the Year, bro. It could be. It could be. It's coming up. Uh, But nonetheless, they are getting the Wankster of the Week because of the fact that they totally missed the mark as they themselves put it when they put up an ad on facebook recently advertising one of their products and basically it was an ad of a black woman taking off of her shirt and then up from her shirt was a white woman now there was a a woman of possibly middle eastern descent or latina descent possibly but nonetheless the fact that they started off with the black woman taking off her shirt and releasing a white woman to show how purified and clean your skin can be after using your products is the image that it gave off. Now, this isn't the first time that Dove has made a misstep. Back in 2011, in fact, they put out an ad advertising, you know, a before and after shot. So the before shot, of course, had to be a black woman. And then there was a woman in the middle who was of a brown skin tone. And then the after shot was a white woman. So again, showing how cleanly your, your skin can be once you use our products. Now, this isn't the first time that not... Dove specifically, but just soap products in general have advertised their products of, you know, cleaning the black off of your skin, basically. This has been going on since the 1800s, so on and so forth. And then you even have products like bleaching cream and cake soap that basically take the melanin out of your skin. So with Dove advertising itself as a uh, as a progressive brand in equality and unity and solidarity and what have you. This was a huge misstep. So they issued an immediate apology right after it happened, but I think at this point the damage has been subtly done, and it kind of reminds me of the commercials that I've seen recently of Kyle Lowry and Marcus Stroman in the Dove Men's Care you know, ads and what have you. So it's just... If they're looking back at it, it's like, oh, God, I associate myself with that brand. Maybe I should pull back now. But nonetheless, going back to Dove, man, you guys messed up bad. <laughs> you guys messed up bad. Now, mind you, I haven't used Dove products in quite some time, not because of the past instances. I just haven't used it, no particular reason. But going forward, I don't see a reason to subscribe to it. I mean, I would look like an idiot. I should be watching the black out of my mind if I'm going to be using that product again going forward, especially after a misstep like this. So, Dove, whoever you have in your creative department, Fire them because they're not doing their job. Um, What you need to be doing if you want to market your products towards black people or people of color in general, have a focus group. And within that focus group, don't make it middle-aged white men who don't know how to relate to people of color. Make it people of color and make them of all different age ranges as well. That way you know how to cater to as many different markets as possible. Don't just say, hey, I took an African-American studies course and I was at York University. Therefore, I know everything about black people and my husband's black. Therefore, I know. Yeah. No. No. Because that's what happened when you put out this ad. And that's what happened when you put out the ad in 2011. And now look at where you guys are at. Hey, for all I know, you guys could have gotten that the Trump money to do that ad. So, hey, go figure if that's the case. But nonetheless, you guys get the wankster of the week of that. And like Drew said, possibly the wankster of the year. You're definitely in the running for that. But do you definitely deserve this wankster for this week? Of course you do. I'm going to drop it one more time. 
just like this. Drew, what's your take on that, man? <laughs> wow. I mean, I saw it. Obviously, it's everywhere. It, it's just tone deaf, uh, just ignorant. And mm-hmm. again, they, they tout diversity. I think that's one of their main things is we are pushing diversity, the boards. I mean, mm-hmm. when you look at a lot of these companies, and it's even in, uh, you know, Silicon Valley mm-hmm. uh, and all these companies, you know, they need more diversity. Right. They need to have people of color in there for a voice. They need to have more women so that they can understand the issues that are affecting women. Mm-hmm. It's it, You would think it's simple. <laughs> you would think that that would be something that they would do. A focus group is, they always have them here in Toronto. I mean, yeah. I, you know, back in the day, I went to quite a few of them. And it tested out the products. Hey, would this be good? Would that be good? Do you think this would be offensive? You know, I mean, they could have easily found that out. How that got to be published and produced and actually put out to the masses is yeah. just baffling. Yeah, that's going to be up. For, if you have it at the end of the year, oh yeah, trust that's me, going to be up. I do it. For your I do it every 10 year. Ten of the year. I do right it every there, year. But yeah, done, lost <laughs> it. And like you said, I don't know when's the last time I've used Dove. Maybe yeah. the liquid soap because sure. that's what I use now. Yeah. Um, but they need to revamp. They need to. Um, you know, change things up and really bring in some people on the higher level, on the mm. board level, uh, the CEO level, in you know that level to really reshape what they want to do. Absolutely, I, I couldn't agree more, man. And with that being said, man, we're gonna end tonight's show off on that. So, uh, Drew, want well, thank you for coming in on your busy, busy schedule. Uh, where can the people find you on social media? Well, we're on uh, Instagram. That's where we do a lot of our promotion, and uh, we try to get out what's happening with Canadian basketball at On Point Basketball. Mm-hmm. We are at Twitter at Drew Ebanks, um, as well as on Facebook, On Point Basketball, and YouTube, On Point Basketball. We got a big project coming up. Can't really tell you everything <laughs> right now, but it's essentially kind of an offshoot of what we've been doing over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. I think the the scene has needed it. For a long time, we're gonna push the envelope. We're gonna have some some fun on there. We're gonna have some skits. We're gonna have everything. Maybe we'll Daniel, you're your funny guy. Maybe we'll have you on there talking some uh, some funny stuff that you always can can do and you do on this show. Uh, we're just going to uh, take things up a notch. So watch out, on point basketball. It's uh, we're definitely ready to take uh, it. A bigger, mm-hmm. uh, larger step to the masses. We all, we actually as well have a podcast called Ballin. There you go, which is on Barnburner.ca. It's a, it's a great uh, website, great network, uh, tremendous writers. Uh, you know, we're averaging uh, probably ten, fifteen thousand v- uh, listeners nice. for the first two weeks. Um, some of their podcasts are getting fifty, sixty, seventy thousand as well. So we hope uh, to bring in the viewership there and really continue to grow Canadian basketball. So mm-hmm. it's never ending for me. I'm filming a documentary uh, from what we did this past summer yeah. uh, tomorrow. That's uh, Saturday morning. Uh, as well, and that's uh, going to go through today, and uh, hopefully try to get to a, a great event, um, which is a uh, charity event uh, for ca- uh, you know awareness of breast cancer. Uh, and also, want to shout out Shoe for the Cure that just mm-hmm. happened an event last week uh, for again Kareem Griffin, whose mother passed away w- from breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very serious thing. We want to give as much as we can to help people to uh, and doctors to find a solution to this terrible disease. And uh, quickly, if I can shout out yeah, Charles please. Scott uh, of the. Uh, uh, Longhorns and the uh, Bill Crothers area and the Markham area, a tremendous coach in the community, um, passed away uh, due to cancer as well. And it just hit me. I mean, I heard the news today. I was at work and really hit me hard because Charles is a guy who, you know, was supporting On Point from the get-go. And, mm-hmm. you know, I came out with a new shirt or a new sweat top or whatever, and he would be the first to DM me on, on yeah. Twitter Drew, I need that. Can you get me a, side, a medium? Can you get yeah. me, a, uh, you know, two T's for my kids? And I feel so sorry. I don't know his family all that well. Um, I know he has some some girls and uh, obviously wife. And, uh, man, the whole community right now is reeling. Mm-hmm. You couldn't find a better guy. Right. And he gave so much, so right. much of his time for free. And that's the thing mm-hmm. that people don't see in Canadian basketball. There's a lot of volunteer work, a lot of things happening to breed the success of these kids. And Charles was the epitome of one of the greatest uh, human beings 
uh, that I've ever come across. Um, and from what I'm hearing was so honest, sincere, and giving throughout mm -hmm. his life. So, uh, Charles, I want to condolences. I want to wish condolences to his friends, family, the Bill Crothers family, Toronto Longhorns family, mm -hmm. um, in the Upper East End uh, of Toronto. Charles uh, Scott, uh, rest in peace. Absolutely, man. And yeah, we'll end off on that, man. Uh, thank you for once again Sorry for coming through. Sorry to be somber, through. but no, it, it, you know what I mean? I have to cool, pay respects yeah. to him. Absolutely. But like, his legacy is going to live on with mm -hmm. his family, his kids. Uh, the, the, the players are going to play for him. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure the funeral um, is going to be huge because mm -hmm. the basketball community, they do come out and support Absolutely. their fallen. Absolutely, absolutely, man. And I definitely feel like, you know, just based on the way you're talking about this gentleman as well, like his name is going to be in like the echelon of Canadian basketball, like for the sport, for the community. As we'll a make whole, sure basically. they don't forget mm -hmm. uh, about uh, Coach Scott. Um, I couldn't believe it. Like I said, when I heard the news, I was like, who? Mm -hmm. And then it was clarified again. And uh, yeah, the basketball community and the GTA is uh, in shock right now, but uh, we'll do everything we can for the Crothers family and, and his family. For sure. Well. Absolutely, man. But yeah, once again, thank you for coming by on the show, man. You already know you're welcome to come through anytime, my man. Definitely, man. I'll be back. I'll be back. Won't be this long again, yeah, man. Yeah, I hear you on that. I hear you. And next week on the show, ladies and gentlemen, we got my man Jay Goody coming through. Uh, he has a new project out called Clearview, so we're going to discuss that. Also, his performance um, at, a, at a nearby event as well, so we'll be talking about that and a whole bunch more. And as you guys already know, man, you can hit, hit us up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. Follow us on... Uh, uh, Facebook at Cool Radio CC, also on Instagram at Cool Radio CC, and uh, hit us up on YouTube at Cool Radio CC for the video clips and what have you. Uh, to catch any podcast that you may have missed, uh, you want to hit us up on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash cool underscore radio. And that's about it for me, guys. So thank you for tuning in. And as you already know, Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment, reminding you each and every day that we are creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace.